0: San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by A.A. Best Bail Bonds 225-2121 or online at MyBestBailBonds.com Michael Jimenez Halftime
1: Yes sir It's halftime on San Antonio Sports Star ESPN AM 1250 94.5 FM we're on the go at S.A.SportsStar.com. Happy Friday, everybody. My name's Michael Jimenez. I'll be your host from 12 to 2. Sports, pop culture, and nostalgia. James Pledger is my producer today. What's going on, my man? What's happening, Mike? Dude, I'm having a good day. I'm trying to get on the StreamYard so people can see my face on Facebook and YouTube. Don't forget to go and like and subscribe on Facebook and YouTube. You can watch the show and leave a comment. Pledger is on Twitter at I am Pledger. You can find me at Mike SA. We have a lot to talk about today, man. You know, Jerry Jones, what Jerry Jones wants, he gets. And he reached out to 105.3 The Fan and wanted to have an interview today. Kind of surprised them. Wanted to talk about McCarthy, and we're going to get into that in a bit. Also, we're going to hear from Sean Payton. You know, a lot of Cowboy fans want Sean Payton to be the next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. And, well, we're now hearing from him. He was just on the Dan Patrick Show. DeJounte Murray, is he going to be an All-Star this year? Kind of interesting, because I was under the impression that he had a 100% chance. But yesterday, after Andrew Wiggins made it onto the team as a starter, I'm now having concerns. We're going to get into that. Quinn Hudson will be in at 1 o'clock, the voice of a Cowboy fan, talking to us about Dan Quinn coming back as defensive coordinator, and we'll be hearing about Jerry Jones again, on the twelve o'clock hour and the one o'clock hour, we're here until two o'clock talking sports, pop culture, and nostalgia. Pledge is two hundred and fifty dollars richer because of that contest he won at the Spurs game the other day. Have you already spent that money, Pledge?
2: I don't even have that money yet. They don't give you the card on the way out. No, they say we'll mail it to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, All right, it's going to be one of those things you're going
1: to you're going to forget it. You're going to think it's junk mail oh, or 100%. something like that. One hundred percent. So, for those of you who don't know. James Pledger won Connect Four at the AT&T Center during the Spurs game. Brought onto the court, he won the Connect Four game, which is amazing. But uh, man, good times. Welcome to the show. You know, lastly it's it's interesting when you talk about friends. Pledge, pledge, you're one of my best friends, man. Absolutely love you. You're a good guy. But when it comes to to friends, there are friends out there who tell you what you need to hear, mm-hmm. and tell you what, and then others who tell you what you want to hear. And yesterday was kind of a neat thing because I had some friends reach out to me and say, hey, you know, your show yesterday, we we love halftime. Halftime has evolved. We love the show, but we want it. But there was something a little bit off yesterday. And it's an acquired taste. It's an acquired taste. And I felt it. I felt it yesterday that it was something going on with my show yesterday. And you know what it is? I understand that I need to train the, the listeners, man. We need to be trained as to how halftime goes Because this is a show of the people. We need callers into the show because you are now part of the show. Understand that we have two other shows on the weekdays out here. We have R&R in the morning, and we have The Blitz. So 7 to 10 a.m., and we have 4 to 7 p.m. And on those shows, you know, they take a call from time to time. But it's not all the time that they take calls. But guess what? This is your opportunity to reach out to San Antonio Sports Star, to reach out to me, And basically be part of the show. So you can call into the Kielbasa Bacon phone lines at 656-ESPN. Again, 656-ESPN. And to entice you, we're going to have some prizes. Today the prize is tickets to see Bob Dylan at the Majestic.
2: We've got two today. Two pairs.
1: two. Two pairs. So the two best callers, we're the judges, can get these prizes. We need you guys to be part of the show. Help drive this show. Because if not, it's just going to be me talking all over and over and over again about my pop culture takes. Do you want to hear more about Urban Cowboy? Because I can go and talk more about Urban Cowboy if you want me to. But uh, no, this is a fun show. And it's going to be evolving over the next couple of months. There are plans in the works right now as to how this show will look in February, how the show will sound in March. And I am super excited. Again, sports, pop culture, and nostalgia. But let's get things going with... The Dallas Cowboys, America's team. How about them Cowboys? Got that news yesterday that Dan Quinn is going to be staying as defensive coordinator for the team And less than 24 hours. Cowboys owner Jerry Jones, he let his fingers do the walk He called 105.3 the fan. They, that's the voice of the Dallas Cowboys voice there in no Dallas. It. And he reached out to them and says, hey, man, I want to be interviewed today about a variety of topics. You wanted to talk about Dan Quinn. You wanted to talk about Mike McCarthy and him staying on as as head coach of the Cowboys, about Sean Payton, the rumors sur- surrounding that. But, you know, it's it's interesting because one of the things that he talked about was that Mike McCarthy all along was safe in having this job.
3: The thing I want to clear up is that the idea of Mike being uh, twisting in the wind just wasn't the case at all. We were sitting there trying to keep Dan Quinn and trying to... Uh, Maintain continuity on our coaching staff.
1: Maintain continuity on the coaching staff. Which I guess is a is a is a is a good thing, right? Because Cowboy fans have been wondering ever since they lost twenty three seventeen to the Niners in the wild card game, what is this team gonna be up to? Is Mike McCarthy the guy as the head coach of this team? Is Kellen Moore gonna leave? Is Dan Quinn gonna leave? And one of the things about it is, is that Quinn was being interviewed by team after team after team, and he was considered to be a front runner for lots of these teams. But yesterday, after the Denver Broncos chose Green Bay's offensive coordinator as its head coach, Quinn decided to stay with the Cowboys. Now, I don't know if there was a correlation between the two, but there was a big belief that he really wanted that job out in Denver. But now, Cowboy fans, what's going on? Well, the Cowboys are coming back with Kellen Moore, offensive coordinator, it looks like. Mike McCarthy's coming back as head coach, and it looks like Dan Quinn is staying as defensive coordinator. Are you happy with that? Reach out to us. Kielbasa Bacon phone lines are open at 656-ESPN, 656-ESPN. You know, Sean Payton is somebody that Cowboy fans have been looking at as, man, that could be a potential replacement for Mike McCarthy. Sean Payton led the New Orleans Saints to a Super Bowl more than a decade ago. He had a winning record, a 600 winning record for his entire career over there with the Saints. Led the Saints to a 9-8 record, despite the fact that they had four awful quarterbacks in Jameis Winston, Ian Book, Taysom Hill, and Trevor Simeon. Imagine what he could do with the Dallas Cowboys. Imagine what he can do with Dak. That's been the, the fantasy that Cowboy fans have been living. And again, if you want Sean Payton, as your head coach, Cowboy fans, the, the boys are going to have to pay up. Okay, just because he retired or is taking a step back doesn't mean that he's going to be free. The Saints have to agree to this. But Sean Payton is finally talking about this. He was on Dan Patrick's show today talking about why he made the decision to leave the Saints.
0: Mickey, who's a dear friend, uh, our, G- our GM and I spoke for an hour and a half. Um, this was the This was right after the season ended. So this is you know, the week prior to the wild card round, he was good. I mean, he understood it. We've been together, two of us, 16 years. Mrs. Benson was the one that really was adamant, you know, that I take a week away and, and, um, and don't give her an early decision. Um, And then outside of that, you know, Dennis Lausha, our president, the same way, Um, you know, both my kids were, were all ears. You know, they really wanted to be supportive and, and, you know, they, they, there's a, you we, we've heard burnout before. I, I don't know that it's that, but there, when you're someplace for 16 years, 15 seasons, um, you know, over a period of time that you're, you're, uh, you're almost ready for another challenge and you don't know. The thing about it is that there was a week or two leading up to this and then at the, at the point where I stepped away, there was this discussion that, hey, he's going to go into TV and I'd like to do that. And yet, I hadn't heard from anybody. You know, you know, there was this. Well, he's already, done. and I'm like,
3: <laughs> "Ouch!" Kind of hard to go in if nobody's asking you to come no in. One's, Sean. No
0: one's asking. So, <laughs> I fortunately the the day of uh, after the press conference, um, we received a number of calls. And but it, you know, there's every once in a while. I think it's all right to step outside, be a little uncomfortable, in, in uh and I think that that had a lot to do with it.
1: That is Sean Payton, former head coach of the New Orleans Saints, talking about how he was a little bit burned out. I get it, man. I, I get being burned out from being with the Saints. I mean, he was there for over a decade. Again, won a Super Bowl there. They have no cap space. They have negative cap space of over $70 million this year. It was time to leave because, again, he leaves, he stays, and they have you know back-to-back-to-back losing seasons. You know, he doesn't become a hot commodity anymore. He had to take off. I get that. So that is Sean Payton right there. Basically saying he doesn't know what he's going to do. He just knew that he did not want to be the coach. Hey, Pledge, let me ask you this. Do you think that Sean Payton would be good on TV?
2: He doesn't strike me as a TV guy.
1: Yeah, I know. Everyone's saying that he can just go to ESPN or he can go to NFL Network and just light it up. I don't see it.
2: Like I watched his press conferences and him interact with the media and go on different shows and even this Dan Patrick interview this morning. He doesn't have like that charisma.
1: Yeah, he does it, man. But uh,
2: Herm Edwards has
1: charisma. He does. He does. You know, Tony Romo has has that charisma, and and you know. It's just one of those things where just because you're a big name and just because you are a Super Bowl champion doesn't mean that it lends itself to you being good on TV, whether you're a former player or you are a uh, former coach. And speaking about former players, man, at about uh, 1230, we'll be talking about Jeff Garcia, former 49ers quarterback who stuck his foot in his mouth and is hasn't backtracked yet. But, man, I don't know if you heard that. Some people are calling it sexist, but he went after ESPN's Mina Kimes. We'll be talking about that at 1230, and we'll be talking more about the Cowboys at 1. Quinn Hudson will join us, former Rock the Mic champ, co-host of the Sunday Sports Grill and Fantasy Gods. What's up, Pledge?
2: Every time people keep bringing up this Jeff Garcia, Mina Kimes thing. I know, you think it's Jeff Garcia from Lockdown yeah, Spurs? Yeah, I'm
1: like, what did Jeff do? Yeah, he goes, I'm trending. He like, I'm trending on Twitter. I, I had to uh, retweet going, man, they're roasting Jeff Garcia from Lockdown Spurs, but no, Our Jeff Garcia is not the sexist, man. But we'll be talking about that whole controversy involving Mina Kimes at 1230. Interesting story, to say the least. But uh, speaking of interesting stories, Pledge, I need you to decipher a dream that I had last night. Now, a couple of weeks ago, you
2: made fun of me because I
1: was having these uh, these recurring nightmares.
2: No, 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 no. I made fun of you for your actions after the nightmares, okay. not because you were having them.
1: So I was having this recurring nightmare that I was being lured out somewhere, and uh, someone would kill me once I got lured out. And it was one of those things where I woke up kind of in a sweat, and I decided to go out into the garage because I wanted to make sure that it was locked. And Pledge made fun of me on air because he's like, okay... You're being lured away and you're doing you're letting yourself be lured away. So
2: yeah. No, no, you're you're terrified and waking up in cold sluts because you are being lured out of your house to be murdered. Exactly. And so your first instinct after waking up from this awful dream is to go outside. Well,
1: let me know what this dream means because I had this dream three times last night. Keep in mind I fell asleep last night around eleven o'clock Woke up around 12.30 because, you know, my dogs wanted to go outside. Woke up again around 3.30 in the morning because I'm becoming an old man. and had to go to the bathroom. And then I woke up again at 7 a.m. because my kids needed breakfast. All three times I had the same dream. That I was getting my butt kicked by Cobra Kai. Not like the Cobra Kai now, but getting my butt kicked by Johnny Lawrence back in 1986. Those guys. Like, I was Daniel LaRusso... Running around trying to jump the fence, and Miyagi was not coming to save me. And I don't know why I was going back to that scene, but I was Larusso in there getting my tail kicked, and I can't figure out what that dream means because nowhere on, you know, you know, uh, dot com does it say what this is. Pledge, what is it about, man? What do you think I'm dreaming about? Um.
2: I'm not sure what you're dreaming about, but if you want your butt kicked, there's a fence right over here. You can go run at it. I can yank you off of it, kick you a couple of times into it.
1: Oh, my goodness. I could not believe I had that dream. I had it over and over and over again last night. If you know what it means, reach out to us on the Kielbasa Bacon phone lines at 656-ESPN. 656-ESPN. Again, the top two calls of the day. Get tickets to see Bob Dylan in concert at the Majestic Theater in March. Good times, man. Next week, I think we're giving away movie tickets. But, man, let's talk basketball right now. So DeJounte Murray, you know, we have the chance of MVP, MVP every time he goes to the free throw line at the AT&T Center. And a lot of times people are saying, man, there's no way in the world DeJounte can be an all-star because the Spurs record is so bad. But the thing is, is that he became a triple-double machine ever since he got back from COVID. He now has 10 triple-doubles for the season. That's second most in the NBA right now. Absolutely amazing what he's doing on the court. So I came out on the show last week and I said, man, 100% for a fact, 100% DeJounte Murray will be an all-star this year. And then the starters were announced yesterday. Now, keep in mind, when they announced the starters, the starters, it's a three-way approach towards it all. 50% is based on the voting. So when we, you're, you're being asked to vote for DeJounte Murray or for Steph Curry or for whomever, 50% is based on that. 25% is based on the vote total of the media and 25% vote total of the players themselves, right? And then they kind of bake it all together to tell you who the starters are going to be. And the surprise start is from Golden State, Andrew Wiggins. Now, Andrew Wiggins is somebody who was considered to be a scrub, Okay. He was somebody that was considered to be a bust out there. And right now, he's not a scrub, man. He's not a scrub. 18 points a game, four rebounds. That's not bad. But the thing that's going on in Golden State right now is that they get their people to vote in large, large numbers to the point where Steph Curry was number one in voting for the guards, right? So that's that's understandable. But for them to have Klay Thompson as the the fourth-ranked guard, even though he's missed almost every game this season, is ridiculous. Draymond Green had a lot of votes, and Andrew Wiggins is out there. Now, keep in mind, keep in mind, don't even remember this, five years ago, the NBA had to institute what they called the Zaza Rule. At that time, the Golden State Warrior fans were trying to get, as a joke, Zaza Pachulia in as an all-star, even even though that guy's a scrub. Now, we know him as the guy who... You know, wrecked the Spurs' future because Kawhi landed on his ankle. But Zaza almost made an All Star team, even though he's a complete scrub, even though his stats are awful. He almost made it because of Golden State fan. Now, what does this mean about Dejounte Murray? Well, the question becomes: There's only 12 spots on this All Star team for the West or for the, for Western Conference players. My question is: Did he accidentally take or inadvertently take Dejounte's spot on the All Star team? Think about it. There's only 12 spots. If he was not named a starter, would he have been named a reserve? I don't think he would have been a reserve. So it's quite possible that there's one fewer spot available that could have gone to DeJounte Murray if DeJounte was the 12th and last pick for the West. So now I'm concerned as to whether or not he's going to make the all-star team. Now, when it came to voting, DeJounte Murray came in 12th amongst guards in the West, okay, so he didn't make the top 10. But if you take a look at how he ranked amongst players and the media, the media had him as fifth. The media voted DeJounte Murray as the fifth best guard in the West, and that is ahead of Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic averaging 25, nine, and nine. The media put DeJounte ahead of him. On top of that, when it comes to the player rank, the players ranked DeJounte Murray, sixth. So there's a chance still. There's an absolute chance still because he's getting the respect from the players. He's getting respect from the media. But the question is, will he get the respect from the coaching staff? That's what I'm worried about there because, again, only 12 spots go out. If they take six or seven guards, he might be on the fence there. But, again, seeing that Andrew Wiggins took one of those spots makes it very, 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 very difficult. Hey, we got a call coming in. We have, we're going back to the Cowboys. Eddie is on hey. line one, wants to talk about Tony Romo possibly coaching for the Cowboys.
4: Hey, uh, what's going on, Mike? Um, I see all this chatter online about how Tony Romo would be a great OC or you know coach for the Cowboys and all that. But let's be honest, he's not going to leave a once-a-week job that pays him millions of dollars to be stressed out daily. So that's out of the question. And Mike McCarthy is not a good fit, and he's not going to be a good fit. However, it's no secret that Dak has regressed badly the last couple of seasons. Well, of course, he was injured last year. But there's one person, even the people kill me for this or laugh, but one person actually helped him immensely his first couple of years in the league. I think they need to bring back Mark Sanchez as either the quarterback coach because he helped Dak a lot or an OC. I don't know what you think about that.
1: You know, that's interesting. Now, when I say Romo possibly coaching the Cowboys, I'm not saying that it's been floated out there or rumored as such. Okay, There's no one out there saying uh, from the Cowboys' perspective that, that they've considered that. But I agree with you in the sense that even if they wanted Tony Romo out there, he has a cush job, man. He's out there watching football and predicting plays, being the Nostradamus of the NFL. And, you know, I don't think that he would want to leave the comfy confines of the booth of the of the TV booth would he make a good coach i think he'd make a hell of a quarterbacks coach offensive coordinator not 100% sure on because i don't he can predict what the defense is doing i almost think he'd be a better defensive coordinator in a in a, in a weird way not that he can strategize that way but the sense that he can actually see what's going on defensively and make adjustments accordingly. That's the interesting part about what Tony Romo does. He's a brilliant, brilliant mind. I never thought that when he was a Cowboys player. You know, I thought he was a good athlete. I thought he was a a really good quarterback, but I never knew how smart he was until he made it onto the booth. I wouldn't mind seeing him as a coach, whether it be a coordinator or a quarterback's coach. But the fact of the matter is that he makes way too much money to be wearing a suit in air conditioning or heating, depending on, on where you're at, than to be on the court, on on the field, you know, battling the winds and battling the weather to go out there and do two-a-days and whatnot. He makes way too much money to want to do that. But uh, thank you for the call, Eddie. Eddie's our first caller of the day. Hope you have his contact information. Again, we have two winners today. The two best calls get tickets to see Bob Dylan, the legend Bob Dylan. In concert, the Majestic Theater in March, but we have more to come on here on halftime. We're going from twelve to two sports, pop culture, and nostalgia. What's up, Ledge?
2: You know, I think I figured out what your uh, what your dreams are about.
1: Oh, tell me, I want to hear it.
2: All right, so we all know that you're having this dream about being stuck in the '80s and being beat up by '80s bullies, right? Yeah. So. You have been rewatching a lot of 80s and nostalgic movies lately mm-hmm. and giving grades that are less than desirable to the masses.
1: Okay, so basically...
2: The oh, 80s are coming back to kick your butt. That's a very
1: interesting point. And I wonder if I'm changing as a person because I'm now watching these movies. Think about this. Two months ago, I had not seen Gremlins before or Indiana Jones or third, you know, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, or The Outsiders, or Jaws. You know, you guys are making me watch these movies. Am I suddenly losing my edge or my quirkiness pledge? Because, man, that made me different. But now I'm just going to be just like everybody else who has seen these movies, right? And I made the joke that I can go for this for like three years because there's so many movies that I've missed. Exactly. You know what? I want to talk to you about Vince Vaughn a little bit in this show as well mm-hmm. because I saw a video about him where he was talking about his favorite roles or the best roles he ever had. And it was a 20-minute clip that he did, and I I saw it on Facebook last night, and I I could not wait for him to talk about this one movie that I think is his second-best movie behind Swingers, and he didn't even mention it. He mentioned 12 other movies, but not that one. And I want to know if you've watched this movie, but when we come back, the controversy involving
2: ESPN's Mina Kimes. Yes, I've seen Wedding Crashers. No.
1: (laughs) That's Only a good you movie, haven't seen a lot no, of these. Wedding Crashes is great, man. <laughs> he was awful on Hacksaw Ridge. So the controversy involving Mina Kimes and former Niners quarterback Jeff Garcia will be diving into that on the other side. This is Halftime on San Antonio
0: Sports Star, ESPN AM
1: 1250
0: and 94.5 FM. Join up the game plan for the second half of the day. It's Halftime with Michael Jimenez on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 94.5 FM.
1: Welcome back to Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star ESPN AM 1250 and 945 FM. Soon to be 1033 beginning February 1st. This paper cut by Lincoln
2: Park, correct? Points of authority. Points
1: of authority. Ah Right album though. Ah. Hybrid theory album, though. I it know is. that.
2: Is the right album is the wrong wrong song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Points of authority. It was a uh, song
1: three, not song one on that album. And
2: instead of uh, say February 1st? We can just say Tuesday now. Tuesday, there you
1: go. You know how I got into Lincoln Park? Me? I was a substitute teacher at high schools back in the day when I was in college and whatnot. And, uh, back in the early 2000s, I was t- uh, substitute teaching at this magnet school outside of Lee High School. I think it's called, um, oh, what is it called? Uh, something of America, School of the Americas or something like that. And, uh, I did like this whole week there and one of the teachers was gone for a week. I went in there and I subbed for the week and the kids were like, hey, do you have any music that we, that that we would like? And we were trading CDs that week and they, they gave me hybrid theory and they said, this is a really good CD just came out and I got really into it. And it was because of these high school juniors and
2: seniors at this magnet high school. We can't be that far apart. Why is that? I remember listening to Hybrid Theory in high school or just shortly after. No, Hybrid Theory came out around 2000. Okay, literally right after I graduated then. I was
1: already graduated out of college by then. So I'm a little bit older than you. When when I was a senior in high school, you were in eighth grade. Okay, so I'm a little bit older. So you may have been in high school. It probably came out while I was ending college, man. But
2: uh, yeah. So you already stopped listening to good music by the time you... Were, uh, Dude, I was looking
1: for a job
2: at the time, man. That's how it goes. You're looking for a job, yet you told me that you had to like shake the battery to your car every time you took your wife on. Oh your first no, that day. was
1: because of my divorce. Many, many, many years later, man, I'm in a good spot now. But back, well, then, yeah, now. Ten years ago, when I met my wife, our anniversary is coming up in a few weeks. Ten year anniversary. Yeah, man, I roll up in my my beater of a of a. Toyota Highlander. It was it was maybe worth fifteen hundred dollars, if that. It was scrap metal at that point, and I had a battery there that I had to shake, and in order for it to somehow start. And she gave me a second and third date, and ended up marrying me.
2: Yeah, that's insane because at that point, as the person on the date. I would be more in in fear of my safety. Dude, I was a red
1: flag, man. I was just somebody that she should not have dated. I was just a nice guy who meant well, who went through a bad period. Because if you've ever gone through a divorce, if you've ever gone through a custody battle, it is brutal and it is expensive. But man, welcome back to the show. I'm in a good place, though, man. I'm in a good place. Jonathan C. wants to know, how do you not listen to, to Eye of the Tiger before a job interview? How do you not work out before listening to Eye of the Tiger. You have to do that, man. But welcome back to the show. You know, um, I didn't I didn't know if I wanted to talk about this topic today. About the whole Jeff Garcia thing. But it was funny because we have a friend of the show, Jeff Garcia from Locked on Spurs. He was like, why am I trending on Twitter? I'm like, dude, it's not you. It's the other Jeff Garcia. The former, co- the former quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles and San Francisco 49ers. And that dude right there was trending. And the reason why he was trending...
2: <laughs> was not a good thing man to be fair when i saw jeff garcia trending yeah i also my first thought was not and then people keep talking about jeff garcia calling out mina kimes and yeah. um, i had a tough time placing <laughs> jeff, <laughs> jeff garcia. garcia right like i could uh, my my immediate go to was not the former quarterback the san francisco and cleveland that dated a uh, playboy bunny
1: do you know what's weird about Jeff Garcia? Why I'm so disappointed at this Jeff Garcia is because there was a glory time Wait, of do we, do the we gotta NFL. have to
2: like A and B him or yeah because well, you well, keep this saying is, this is which the one redhead you're one. talking about this is Redhead Jeff oh, okay got it, okay got
1: it. so so Redhead Jeff you know there was a time in the NFL where there were four Mexican quarterbacks starting as quarterbacks there were four there was Tony Romo, Mark Sanchez, Jeff Garcia, and Mark Bulger. We had four at one time, four Mexicanos, under center, starting, and they were good. They were good. That was the, the the glory days for Hispanics when it came to quarterback play in the NFL. Look it up, all four of them are Mexican. The thing about it is, is that I did not realize that Jeff Garcia, the redhead one that, that was for the 49ers, didn't realize he was such a jerk, man, because yesterday, he, he went out on Instagram and went after Mina Kimes of ESPN, saying, quote, by the way, he has since deleted this, who the hell is Mina Kimes and when was the last time she threw a touchdown pass in a game? Never ever has she taken a snap. Can she truly understand the ability, the mindset, the physical and mental toughness that it takes to play quarterback or any position in the NFL? The fact that there are people out there given a platform to talk about something that they have never done? It's hilarious, and that's what make you look like a joke. She's a joke. Let's just all laugh at her and support Jimmy. Talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> Root on our Niners to go out and beat the living F out of one more team. That's what it takes. She will never know the feeling. Can I get an amen? Peace. That was Jeff Garcia proving that he is quite the sexist. I'm sorry, man. Whenever you see players come out and do the, well, have you ever played the game? Or and but more importantly, doing it to a female is absolutely stupid. Absolutely stupid. Can you imagine saying that we cannot have uh, movie critics unless they were former actors or directors, or maybe we can't have someone? Uh, you know, when it comes to like food, be a food critic unless they were a chef, or you, in, like you had to have done it right. That's that's the whole thing about sports, man. The sports is about the fandom behind it all, and she is very bright and intelligent mm-hmm. when it comes to football. Think about
2: it. Do you want a brilliant advisor to actually be the head of a Fortune five hundred company, or, or because or a the, lot of the guys that do, that like analyze it, break it down, and and put stuff out for you to easily digest and bring it in, right. lack what it takes to actually be the CEO. Right, exactly. So, there are certain things that yes, I can analyze it, I can break it down but it doesn't mean I can actually do it.
1: Yeah, how many games has uh, Greg Popovich played in the NBA? How many games has Mark Spolstra played in the NBA? There are, there are NFL coaches who never played in the NFL. There are college coaches who never have. But he went after her not because of, of anything else other than the fact that she's a woman. That first and foremost is the reason why he did it. And and, and there's going to be some apologists out there saying, "Oh well, it's one of those. It's one of those things." Jeff Garcia from Locked On Spurs says, "I swear it's not me. It's not locked on, Jeff." But he went after her because, again, on that same show, Stephen A. Smith went after Jimmy G. The whole thing is revolving around Jimmy Garoppolo. Mina Kimes was on air saying that Jimmy Garoppolo is that the Niners are winning despite him, not because of him. That because he's throwing more interceptions than touchdowns, that he is not doing a really good job as quarterback, but the Niners, because of their defense and running game, are still winning. And other people throughout all of ESPN, the TV network ESPN, were saying the same thing. Stephen A. Smith was saying the same thing, being very animated and angry about it. All these other people were saying it, but he went after the
2: one who happened to be female. He went after the woman when it came to it. Ryan Clark said the same thing. He used to play. Yeah. Are you going to go after him? Exactly. Exactly.
1: And it's so funny because it comes back to like what we do for a living, man. I mean, dude, I mean, come on. You know, what credibility do I have on sports? I'm a sports fan. I'm the dude at the end of the bar and you're the dude at the end of the bar who likes to talk about sports, music, and pop culture. Okay, I will never ever say that I have stepped foot on a basketball court or a baseball diamond as a professional. But that doesn't mean that I can't have opinions about sports and to say that you can't have the opinion unless no one else has done it. Guess what? The people that are in the stands aren't former players. They aren't former, you know, coaches. The people in the stands are fans. Fans drive the league, man. Oh, Jeff Garcia, why did you do this, man? I'm so disappointed in a fellow
2: Latino that you did this, man. I mean, I probably could have done some baseball or or basketball or football. Mm-hmm. I just chose a different career path.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, when I stopped growing at 5'7", I decided that uh, basketball was not it for me, man. But... uh <laughs> Mina Kimes more power to you man because she's really good at what she she's does
2: She's fantastic I don't get all the hate that Mina Kimes gets
1: yeah does Jeff I bet you Jeff Garcia is the kind of guy Jeff Garcia redhead Jeff Garcia
2: okay there we go is
1: the kind of guy who thinks that Becky Hammond should not coach in the NBA I bet he believes that I mean what how far off do you think that is Heart of hearts.
2: Judging by his take on Twitter towards Mina Kimes, I'm not saying he's probably far off, but he probably also doesn't think that, uh, w- what's her name? Jim Walter deserves to be on a coaching. Don't the 49ers have a female running backs coach? They do. And on top of that, there are people who
1: complain about sideline reporters being female. Wh- who hurts you? Why are you so upset? Why are you so angry that there are women out there who enjoy sports that involve men out there on the field. Who hurts you? I'll never, ever, ever understand that. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be able to say that. I don't I'm think I saying, can either. I'm going to lay off the slang when it comes to things. But, um, man, hey, happy birthday
2: to Greg Popovich. Did you know it's his birthday today? No, because he did not tell us anything.
1: Oh, I know. You know, I... I <laughs> I, I had to Wikipedia it uh, just to verify, but uh, he is 73 years old. says they have more, more wins or years. In, oh. <laughs> oh, my God. No. Don't go there, man. We don't want anything bad to happen to Pop. But Nothing Pop is going to happen to is Pop is eight wins away from the record. He is age 73 years old. He's the oldest coach in the NBA. Uh, wish him a happy birthday. You know, uh, I had a conversation with the other Jeff Garcia. We'll call Jeff Garcia red the 49ers one. We'll call Jeff Garcia ours the brown one because the other Latino one, right? Jeff Garcia from Lockdown On Spurs and Ken's Five, we were talking this, this, this morning about this, and I was asking the question, man, how many more years do you think Pop has as head coach? And it's kind of hard to rebuild if you don't know how long the head of the snake is still going to be around. That's my problem with the rebuild, but the Spurs back in action tonight... DeMar DeRozan coming back to town. Bulls, Spurs, who you got tonight, Pledge? Oh, Bulls. But that wasn't even cl- You didn't even think about no, it. I didn't have to. Do you think DeRozan goes off for 30-plus today?
2: <laughs> DeMar DeRozan <laughs> may have a career high. No, 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 no.
1: I'm sorry. Not, De- not DeRozan. All star DeRozan, new all star again DeRozan, new all star DeRozan. <laughs>
2: um, no, but as far as it goes to with Pop, like the more that I watch him, whether it's on the floor in interviews, most people get kind of nostalgic a little bit. Pop feels more reinvigorated. I don't he's know, a young seventy three. I don't know that
1: he's stepping away anytime soon. He's a young seventy three. There's a difference because. I mean you and I are are close to the same age. I'm 44, you're 40, right? Do you ever go on Facebook or Instagram and see some of your friends from high school and think to yourself, "Man, these guys are getting old." And then you realize <laughs> literally that you're, all the time and then you realize we're the same age. And my wife my wife thinks that I think that I look younger than what I am. I think I look a little bit younger than I am. I'm not saying that I look 35, but if I could pass for 40 or 41, right? If I lose a little bit more weight, I could probably pass for late 30s. I have all my hair. But there is such a thing as being a young 40 and an old 40. There is something to be said about being a young 73 and an old 73, and Popovich is a young 73. But man, tonight, Bulls, Spurs. Take a look at the spread. Spurs are favored? Spurs are favored in this game by one and a half points. Whoa, the
2: line shifted
1: Gonna, that's according to ESPN. I'm going to take a look into that. Because De-
2: I saw Spurs plus one and a half this morning.
1: I'm going to take a look at that. But DeRozan coming in, averaging 26 and a half points, five rebounds, and five assists. Something tells me he's no longer the 81st-ranked player in the NBA.
2: Why? Well, I'm pretty sure those are similar to the numbers he had in San Antonio. No, nah,
1: San Antonio, he was like 21, 5, and 5. But, you know, thinking about the All-Star game, though, You know, people thought he got snubbed last year when he played for the Spurs. He wasn't snubbed. I think he was snubbed two years ago. Two years ago. There you go. But uh, this year, if DeJounte doesn't make it, and he's second in triple doubles, and he's averaging 19-9-9, that would be a definitive snub. I think that they have to get rid of Draymond Green in order to have that spot available for DeJounte Murray, because I don't think it'd be fair for them to have both Wiggins and Green out there, because they have similar stats... And I don't think either one of them necessarily deserves it. But maybe Dave Draymond deserved it more than Wiggins. But it's just one of those things. They did that with the Suns last year when they went with Chris Paul, but not Devin Booker. When we come back, I forgot to mention what I thought the second best movie involving Vince Vaughn is. But we're going to talk about that on the other side. Plus, this funny meme I saw at 1 o'clock, we have Quinn Hudson talking to us about the Cowboys. We'll give our predictions, the three of us, as to who we think is going to win the AFC and NFC Championship Games. This is Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250
0: and 94.5 FM. Hi, it's Jason Minnix from The Blitz. You're listening to San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN
3: 1250 and 94.5 FM.
1: It's halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 94.5 FM, will be 103.3 beginning on Tuesday. You're making me feel old, man, I have no idea what this is. It's JT. Oh, really? Ah! Not a big fan, gonna be honest. I like Justin Timberlake on Saturday Night Live. I like him more as an actor and comedian than I do as a singer. Don't get me wrong, I do like some of his songs. You know, but I I'm going to be honest with you. I was team Backstreet Boys over team NSYNC oh, back in the day. No. Yes, I liked it that I way. I can. What? Yeah. Reach out to us on the Klobasa making phone lines. Did you like Backstreet Boys better than NSYNC or The Other Way Around? What is your favorite Vince Vaughn movie? We'll talk about this. Let's do some pop culture right now, Pledge. All right. Sorry to disappoint you, but I just don't like Justin Timberlake's voice, man. JC, Shazé, oh, was the man no he was not. on NSYNC, man. Not because he was the Hispanic guy. I'm assuming he was. Shazay sounds <laughs> Hispanic-ish. J C definitely does right, but uh, no man, I wasn't a big fan. But we were talking about uh, Vince Vaughn. I love me some Vince Vaughn. Last night I was on uh, Facebook and they show like these uh, these like these videos where they do interviews and whatnot. And he did a twenty minute interview where for every two minutes, talked about a favorite role that he did, and he mentioned one of his favorite movies that he's done. But he never talked about the actual character. So they, they unveiled 10 different characters that he's done uh, from, from Wedding Crashers okay. to Swingers mm-hmm. to Hacksaw Ridge to mm. Old School to all mm-hmm. of these different movies out there. And I, was, I couldn't wait for him to talk about what I consider to be his second best movie. His best movie will forever be. What do you,
2: what do you consider his first?
1: Swingers. Okay. By
2: far. Just making sure. I mean, Trent Walker, Double Down Trent. It's hard with you. I, I just don't know where you, if you've even seen Swingers. No, Swingers I've seen probably
1: 150 <laughs> times easily. One of my favorite movies of all time. Swingers in Office Space. I was all about it in the 90s. Mario Cavasso saying dodgeball. He did talk about dodgeball. And uh, he talked about like the whole thing about the, the balls coming out 60, 80 miles an hour at them when, when they were rehearsing. That was funny. But there's a movie that he did in the late 90s, I want to say. It was an independent movie called Return to Paradise. Return oh, to you're Paradise. That guy. Have you seen that movie? No. Okay, so we're gonna do the reverse of the movie reviews. I'm gonna give you a movie that I've seen that you've never seen. Now, why do you say, Oh, you're gonna be that guy?
2: Because you're like, it's an independent film.
1: Well, I mean, it's not an independent film in the sense that, you know, like Swingers, which was on a budget of like forty grand where they're where they're running around holding lamps as lights, right? It's not that much of an indie, but it is an indie in the sense that, you know, it wasn't done by a major studio, but it was really good. And guess who his co-star is? Joaquin Phoenix. Okay. So it's Joaquin Phoenix and Vince Vaughn. If anyone has seen that movie, reach out to us on Twitter, on Facebook, or YouTube. I will tell you that much, man. Dude, Return to Paradise Mm -hmm. is a great, great drama, which is funny because I had known him as the funny guy, and then the guy from Jurassic World. You know, but he was a very dramatic in this movie. Easily one of my favorite movies of the past, of, of that part, that late 90s time frame.
2: I, I mean, I look at different movies when you're talking about Vince Vaughn and the classics are all there, of course.
1: It's easy to say Wedding Crashers. It's you so know so easy.
2: To, 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 but it's cameo in like Anchorman. Yeah. <laughs> like, those are awesome or if you dig further into his like uh couples retreat
1: couples retreat is actually very good i'm aware um it's a long long movie john favreau also in it mm-hmm. uh i think Kristen bell is, is, yep. al- is also yep. in that movie i like that movie kind of long uh kind of weird that they have like guitar hero as a centerpiece of it all <laughs> uh i would say that wedding crashers and is is, is probably my number three for him because the whole motorboating scene mm-hmm. and the whole thing about, you know, um, I can't say some of these lines. I mean, they're let me ask you this. Pick a movie,
2: Wedding Crashers or The Hangover. Wedding Crashers. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's just funnier in terms of like Hangover was supposed to be like an over the top boys trip to Vegas. Right. Right. The problem is with a guy like Alan, like, I could see myself losing him at some point in Vegas. <laughs> like, just, I'm just going to duck off here and we'll never see him again <laughs> until the end of the trip, right? Yeah. Like, if we're realistically making the hangover, as much strife as he's brought into my life time after time after time, at some point I'm just going to cut that cord, right?
1: So so you're talking about the hangover and they have White Doug and Black Doug in there. It reminded me of red-headed Jeff Garcia and brown Jeff Garcia that we were talking about earlier today. Uh, but, man, you know, we have a lot of people saying Four Christmases. I don't think I've ever seen that one. You haven't? No. Is that the one with Reese
2: Witherspoon? Yes. Okay. I've seen, like, previews of it. But I tell you what. There's also the breakup that he did with Jennifer Aniston.
1: Uh, that was that was devastating, man. That was a little much. That, that hurt. It just... The, the the anger that was spewed by both of them in that movie mm-hmm. was a little bit much. Uh, but again... We're re- a little close to home. Return to Paradise. I know, right? have <laughs> been divorced before. Uh, Return to Paradise, by the way, for those of you who haven't watched it, it's with uh, Vince Vaughn, Joaquin Phoenix, and Heche. And basically revolves around the story of three Americans who meet while on vacation in Malaysia. And uh, one of them gets busted with drugs. And it's whether or not... Someone would be willing to go back to jail. Go to jail if it would reduce someone else's sentence. And it it revolves around the morality behind it all. Because you're just as guilty, but would you actually sacrifice part of your life if it would rescue or save someone else's life? Very, very, very good movie. Joaquin Phoenix was amazing in that movie. But uh, hey, tell me what your favorite Vince Vaughn movie is. You can reach out to us again. Kielbasa Bacon phone lines are open at 656 ESPN. We have one more hour of halftime to go when we come back. We're we're hearing more from Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones, he gets what he wants, man. He wanted an interview today, and he got that interview. He's talking about Mike McCarthy and whether he had to, like, you know, ease his fears. Hear from Mike McCarthy. We'll also give our predictions for the NFC and AFC Championship Games coming up. This is Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star.
0: Michael Jimenez,
1: Halftime. It's hour number two of halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 94.5 FM. We're on the go at sasportstar.com. We'll also be on the go in a way, going down the aisle, down the radio dial from 94.5 to 103.3. We'll be at 103.3 beginning on Tuesday. My name is Michael Jimenez, your host from 12 to 2, sports, pop culture, and nostalgia. James Pledger is here with me. Hey, pledge. Our Jeff Garcia sent me a text message a couple of minutes ago, and he ended it by saying, "This is Brown Jeff." So he has taken a liking to his name. We were talking about Jeff Garcia, the redheaded quarterback who's apparently a redhead Jeff. Yeah, redheaded Jeff, from the uh, the former quarterback of the Niners, is apparently a sexist. Apparently, now he proved himself to be earlier this week. But uh, welcome back to the show. You know, Dallas Cowboy fans there's a little bit of certainty that is now coming among the team right now, coming along right now, because just this time last week, we were talking about who's going to be the head coach of this team. Is Mike McCarthy's job in jeopardy? What's going to happen to Dan Quinn? Is he going to leave and take a job in Denver or in Minnesota or Chicago? What's going to happen to Kellen Moore, but more and more, it's becoming clear that all three guys are coming back. And earlier today, Cowboys owner Jerry Jones, he got what he wanted. He called a press conference, and he said he wanted to be interviewed. And on 105.3 The Fan, he talked about whether or not he had to reassure Mike McCarthy after Sean Payton retired.
3: No, I did not. I did not, because we're sitting here building together our future. No, Uh, but I uh, did. He's well aware of our relationship and long-term friendship with uh, 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 with Peyton and Sean, and uh, uh, I haven't talked to Sean, and and uh, not a part of any of the dialogue or any of the decision making relative to him leaving uh, uh, New Orleans. But uh, my point is, uh, we've just uh, been really uh, got to had our head down and uh, getting this staff uh, in the shape, particularly at the top, uh, the coordinator level, and uh, whether it be the special teams or whether it be offense, defense. And frankly, we've uh, uh, still kind of in that uh, area right now regarding Kelly, until we uh, 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 see where that dust settles there.
1: That is Jerry Jones on one hundred five three. The fan saying that Mike McCarthy did not have to worry, even after Sean Payton stepped down as Saints head coach, McCarthy didn't have to worry that he was his guy. That McCarthy was Jerry Jones's guy. Now, when it came to Dan Quinn. That was questionable there because, again, the interest was there for him to be a head coach someplace else. And Jerry Jones right now today is taking credit for Dan Quinn staying with the Cowboys.
3: I believe that very much. I believe that very much. uh, I know this. He is staying and being our coordinator for years to come. And so uh, I know that uh, he was the most he was the busiest coordinator out here uh, being interviewed for jobs and yes i would say that specifically it's a real compliment to mike it's a compliment to us it's a compliment to the organization he's good jobs here with cowboys what
1: i found interesting pledge is that he said that he's not only bringing dan quinn back but he's bringing him back for seasons to come for seasons to come even though Dan Quinn will probably be a hot commodity again next offseason when other head coaching jobs become available. But again, Dan Quinn's coming back as defensive coordinator. It's looking more and more like Kellen Moore is coming back as offensive coordinator. And Mike McCarthy coming back in as head coach. And Jerry's talking a little bit about Kellen and his uh, interviews that he had with the
3: Dolphins. I get a sense they do not reach out. And I believe he'll be back next
0: year. Is that what you want?
3: Yes.
1: Okay, so a tour for cert- certain. McCarthy's back, Dan Quinn's back, and Kellen Moore, more than likely, coming back. Cowboy fans, what do you think? Reach out to us on the Kielbasa Bacon phone lines at 656-ESPN. Again, 656-ESPN. Are you happy that all three appear to be coming back? Was this a mistake? Again, we're giving away prizes. We're giving away tickets to the best callers today. Tickets to go see Bob Dylan in concert at the Majestic Theater. But at a time like this, I want to hear from a certain Cowboy fan that's near and dear to my heart. A close friend of mine, Quinn Hudson, former Rock the my champ, co-host of the Sunday Sports Grill and Fantasy Gods here on San Antonio Sports Star. Quinn, you heard Jerry Jones. You heard the man. Dan Quinn's coming back. McCarthy's coming back. And they want Kellen Moore to come back, too. Are you happy with this?
5: I'm not happy with this. And how's it going, Michael Pledge? Happy Friday to everybody. Um, No, not happy at all. I I don't believe. I'm still now. This could be my denial. But I try to be a realist cowboy loyalist. I do not believe all three of these coaches will come back. I believe that, of course, Jerry Jones is saying all the right things because, if things don't play out as he wants, the worst-case scenario, all of them are back. Best-case scenario, all three are not back. I do think... I I hope Kellen Moore uh, finds another job for whatever reason to get him out. I I definitely want that to happen.
1: Now, I know Uh, you've been a big fan of Sean Payton. You want Sean Payton to somehow make his way back home to Dallas.
5: Oh, yes. And I'm not convinced that he's going to sit out this entire season. And it's so funny about the whole... Uh, you know, Mike McCarthy not needing any assurances—he knows the relationship. When I was hearing that soundbite, all I could think of was Biz Markey saying, "You, you <laughs> got what I need," but you said he's just a friend. I look—if Mike McCarthy has to see the writing on the wall, not only because of his futility as coaching the Cowboys the past two seasons, but the the fact that. He's got Dan Quinn, a quality defensive coordinator that definitely should be a head coach on the team right now, right there under the same roof. And then he's got, obviously, the relationships that are st- extended with Jerry the Jones family and sitting right there in Dallas with a better home than he because he's staying in the hotel there in Frisco at the Cowboys practice facility. I believe Mike McCarthy is going to be unnerved. But I also believe this is going to give get the best of Mike McCarthy, and I don't believe he's going to let Kellen Moore – a uh, trick up the playbook is more I, I I anticipate he's going to have a little bit more hands on hands on the offense next season if he returned.
1: Now Jerry Jones is taking credit for Dan Quinn staying. He says this is the third time that he has prevented a coordinator from taking a head coaching position elsewhere. He said Jason Garrett was offered a head coaching job in the past and he kept him here. And and he says Sean Payton also was offered the the Raiders job back in the day, but he kept Sean Payton in the fold as well. Do you give Jerry Jones that credit that, man, he's going to be able to keep Dan Quinn here and that he was, in fact, the reason why he stayed?
5: I absolutely do. I believe that Jerry Jones has given one of those old side-swindling wink-winks to to Dan Quinn, and Dan Quinn understands the assignment. Keep the defense improving. Keep doing what you're doing. The one thing we don't have a problem with is, Dan Quinn's performance this past season, everything else was up in question. You know, the fact that Dan Quinn is still getting money from the Atlanta Falcons, and and, and he probably, in his mind, believes that the Dallas Cowboy head coaching job is better than the potential Denver Broncos or Chicago or, or even the Giants that was out there. Ideally, he'd be ready, ready to sit still and hope for a better opportunity here. And I believe he has gotten the endorsement from Jerry Jones, and it probably does behoove him to sit still.
1: That is Quinn Hudson, co-host of the Sunday Sports Grill and Fantasy Gods on San Antonio Sports Star. Big Cowboy fan. Real quick, is it the Cowboys year next year? Oh, without question, Michael. (laughs) Just like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we're bringing
5: everybody back, baby, and we're
1: going to have it. The coaching was the only problem. talent. 27 years, man. That's been a long, long time. Hey, we're down to four teams in the NFL right now. For the Super Bowl, we've got the Bengals and the Chiefs this weekend. That's the 2 o'clock game, and we've got the Niners and the Rams Sunday as well, the afternoon game at 5.30, the evening game, rather. Now, right now, the Chiefs are favored by 7 over the Bengals. It's kind of interesting with these two games because the Chiefs are favored by 7, the Rams are favored by 3.5, but those two teams have something in common. They have lost to their opponent in the regular season. The Chiefs lost about four weeks ago to the Bengals. Man, Jamar Chase went off for over 250 yards receiving. Burrow threw for over 400 yards, and the Bengals beat the Chiefs a few weeks back. And then the Rams have beaten the have lost to the the Niners uh, twice this season. So the 49ers have beaten them at home, went into SoFi just three weeks ago and beat the Rams in SoFi. So it's kind of weird because the favorites have lost to these teams in the regular season and recently. What do you think man? Do you which team right here is right for the upset?
5: First ask your beloved Saints what that means to be beating Tampa Bay last season only to face them again the third time. Listen, it's great that Tom they Brady can play have on that.
1: any of these teams? Tom Brady play on any of these teams? No. Tom Brady does not play on okay, any of these Okay. Just teams. double checking. Tom Brady, just double checking. Tom Brady so there, he, there, yeah, there, does there's not. there's absolutely no shame in losing to the goat, dude. No shame. They're, No, there's
5: not. But one could say that Patrick Mahomes' first few seasons is more productive and more successful than the greatest of all time, Tom Brady. So I would say that Patrick Mahomes put some respect on this man's name for the consecutive AFC championships that he's played in and the fact that we all know why they lost last season in the Super Bowl. You take away Two starting tackles and the starting running back off of most teams, and it is going to be somewhat challenging against an elite defense like Tampa Bay and Todd Bowl. So I say all that to say at the beginning of the season, our last uh, Sunday Sports Grill show that we did together, Michael, I predicted the Super Bowl uh, teams to be in the Super Bowl was going to be the LA Rams against the Kansas City Chiefs. So that's going to stay the same. I do not see any lock upset. Now I will say, you got right the receipts.
0: Now. I've got got
5: the receipts, absolutely. Now, if either one of these teams, and I'm telling you right now, this is going to be my bet. We're going to talk about it on the show on Sunday, but I'm going to absolutely put my money where my mouth is on these two games. If either one of the favorite teams lose,
1: I'm going to bring you the meal of your choice next Friday, Michael. I'm going to tell you what, man. Joe Burrow is the man. I know Patrick Mahomes is brilliant, and I understand that he has taken the torch from Tom Brady. I get that. But Joe Burrow, man, there's just something about him. You do not want to play this guy. Back on January 2nd, Joe Burrow against the Chiefs through 30 for 39, 446 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions against this Chiefs team which was trying to win because was trying to get the number one spot in the AFC. So it's not like they rested players or benched players or had issues. The Chiefs went out to try to win that game and Burrow threw for 446, and 266 of those yards went to Jamar Chase, his former teammate at LSU. I'm sorry, man, but if Burrow gets it going, it is game over. They've got a legit kicker, man. That kicker is so cocky. Did you hear what he said when uh, when, when Burrow said that the kicker said um, before kicking the game winner against the Bills the other day? He went no. up. He went up and said they, there was an interaction. He took one practice kick and said, "Well, looks like we're going to the AFC Championship game." He oh. took and then he and he trotted onto the field. The fact that he's a rookie and he's got that kind
5: of bravado is so appealing. (laughs) And the fact that I know who our Cowboys kicker is, to know that our Cowboys (laughs) kicker probably can't even say the extra point is money in the bag. Evan McPherson
1: is his name, by the way.
5: Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, it's impressive. And, I, and look, they definitely got the kicking game. And if you are Cincinnati and, and you're watching, you just watched how Buffalo went up and down the field throwing the ball, Joe Burrow has to believe while he's in film session going, oh, my gosh, there's holes everywhere. And I would believe that he probably has more moxie as a passer than, than even Josh Allen would. So I, I believe that Cincinnati is going to have a fighter's chance, but I do believe that kansas city is going to be perfectly up for the challenge to put the ball up the field now it's going to come down to kansas City's defense really when you look at the 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 games that cincinnati has not scored well this season it's been against tougher defenses like cleveland uh washington football team when we were perceiving them to have an elite defense early on in the season and even chicago you could throw in there to be a formidable defense but you can see when Cincinnati has got it going offensively, it works. So Kansas City's defense is going to be the difference maker. Can they make the adjustments to slow that Cincinnati offense? Because I do believe they're playing with house money.
1: Dude, when I gave you McPherson's quote, I know you died a little bit because of Greg Zerline. Because of the, the agony that they've had. What's up, Pledge?
2: And here's the great thing about McPherson's quote, and I'm sure you've probably seen this being on TikTok as much as you are, Quinn. Yes. McPherson is also the kicker from Florida that made that like 35, 40 yard field goal bottle cap challenge thing by kicking it.
1: I I saw this.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's the amount of swag that this dude has.
1: Dude, he walked out of there just just to hear that story being told. Again, looks like we're going to the AFC Championship game, guys. You know, how, I mean, game on the line to go to the AFC Championship game. He's a 22 year old
2: rookie, and he's like, 52 yards, got it. And you want to know how ice cold he is? If you watch the replay after he kicks it, oh, yeah, he celebra- immediately turns to start celebrating. Knew it was <laughs> yeah, going dead the, center. The, the ball. The- I, I, I agree. I,
5: <laughs> that was what I was just about to say. He turns to the holder and is like, "Yeah,
1: baby!" And it's still <laughs> the ball is still in flight, and he doesn't even need to see it into the net. It's not he even says- half. Not even halfway there. It, it's not like we have to see. Is it going to make it? Please, please, please. No, man. He Larry did this on the. At the uh, three-point competition, he had his hand extended out and was looking for the check. He was walking he, away from the rim, walking away from the three-point line. Absolutely, it's like he
5: nailed the best tee shot. And while it's in its flight, he's like, "Oh, look, the drink cart!" You know, I mean, the guy <laughs> he is all about it. I, I, you know, what if the game is close? I do believe Cincinnati has the opportunity to do it if it's close because I do believe that they have the special teams advantage as far as the kicking game but uh I don't think it's going to be close and I do believe Patrick Mahomes this is that this is that that Spurs redemption season was that 2014 yeah I I believe this is the redemption season for for Kansas City they they know how they lost the Super Bowl they spent the first half of the season being discounted, and and struggling, and rightfully so, for people to question if if they had holes in it. And now they've got, they're playing their best football at the right time, and I just don't think Cincinnati's going to be ready for this heat that's going to come down on Sunday.
1: Now, here's the thing, man. I'm the one, last week, who was all about the Bengals. I've been all about the Bengals since Thanksgiving. Yeah. I've been saying that this is the team to watch out for in the AFC because big-time quarterback, big-time running back in Mixon – I'm sorry, their trio of receivers is better than the Cowboys' trio of receivers. But when they took minute. out the Titans 19-16, to 16, it was a great game. It was, I mean, come on, man. Burrow got sacked nine times. Nine times! Man. And came back I, to win that game.
5: I, I tell you, I became a fan of his in the press conference when he was talking about being sacked and talking about getting back to the sidelines and getting to the tablet and seeing plays that if he could extend that he could have made. I mean, most of the times when you're continuously getting sacked, um, we when we watch back, I don't even see him with the tablet. I see him sitting there going, man, how on earth is Teron Smith going to ever hold anyone? Yeah. Or, does it always have to look like it's a draw play where the defense is just running free rush at me every play? Like I do believe that this is one of those things where Joe Burrow is just he's young, he's in his second season. He you know, they weren't supposed to be there, but here they are, and I absolutely believe he's gonna empty the clip. He clip, but he's gonna throw the ball. Oh, he's but gonna let it go. It's gonna be a fun game.
1: He stood in the pocket despite being sacked nine times by the Titans. Joe Burrow, he is the man. I'm gonna predict this score. As being thirty to twenty eight, Cincinnati, thirty to twenty eight. Mm. That that's um that's Rocky Casillas good. on YouTube is calling McPherson the Dirk Diggler of kickers. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> Hunter Hitch calls him Evan McFearless. I love that. Woo! So yeah, what do you what like, do you what what, what do you got as a score, man?
5: I'm gonna go with. I'm going with. 42-28, it's definitely going to be a high scoring, but I do think Kansas City's going to put some distance in this game.
1: All right, it's going to be 44 degrees at kickoff. What do you got going on, Pledge? What do you think, man, KC or Cincy?
2: Oh, I love uh, Kansas City to be the next you better beat them, and right now that is Patrick Mahomes in the AFC. The road goes through Kansas City. They have the experience. They have the toughness. They have the offensive line. I think defensively they can get after him. I'm going to take Kansas City probably by about six, and on the NFC side, I don't trust Jimmy G. It's as simple I, as that. I, I, <laughs> I got
1: I got Burrow just chewing on a cigar in the locker room, reenacting that.
2: Oh, they got the swag. Yeah,
1: I mean the guy is just oh my goodness. And this is the, this is the thing, Quinn. I look at I look at Dak Prescott, and before the year started, I was like, man, you know he's probably one of the the fourth or fifth best quarterback in the league. But man, if you had to choose, man, between Joe Burrow being the quarterback of your team or, you know, or Josh Allen being the quarterback of the Cowboys over Dak, you would choose those guys over Dak, right? Dak is no longer top five. He's now like what, seven or eight in the NFL, correct? Right. I agree. I now I would have said even before this season, I would have took I would have taken Justin Herbert. Wow. Yeah, you've been a big uh, Herbert fan. You've been a big Herbert uh, fan. Now, now, when it comes to the uh the, the NFC, you know, we've already got a, a, a prediction of the Rams according to Pledger, because he doesn't like yep. Jimmy G. Jimmy, there's something about that Rams team that is just scrappy. Like they do not belong there. They they're playing with house money. They literally do not belong there because had the Rams taken care of business on week eighteen of the season, up by like three touchdowns, and they lose that game on week 18. Had the had the Rams held on, the 49ers never would have made the playoffs. That would have been the Saints as the number seven seed, right? You're Right. So right now the Niners are playing with house money. I mean, who cares? Just throw the kitchen sink at things. And at the other end, man, under center for the Rams, you have Matthew Stafford who I still don't believe in man what am i what am i missing here
5: Well, you know, I'm a big Austin Powers fan, and I remember, uh, (laughs) and uh, Spy Who Shagged Me, I believe it is, and the Fembot is continuously, and you probably haven't even seen this, Michael, since I'm I'm mentioning a pop cultural favorite movie. You'll see it in 20 years. But um, I'm talking about there was a Fembot that continuously was going, and they were like, why, Austin Powers was like, why won't you die? (laughs) That is the 49ers right now. Why won't they die? And I keep saying, Shanahan can't keep hiding Jimmy G. He can't keep hiding him in this game. It can't just be defense and the breaks and the running game and Debo and,
1: and will like, they can't keep doing it, but they do. Right. They're like a I, villain. I, They're like a villain in a, in a horror movie. They just come back yeah. to life. I mean, they were dead in the water against the Packers and then they got that miracle block that punt blocked for it and returned for a touchdown And it's like, how did they do it again? They shouldn't be here. They weren't good enough in the regular season, but now that they're here, I mean, they took out the Cowboys. They took out the Packers. I mean, think about it. I think that the Packers are better than the Rams. And they took them out at Lambeau. And they're going to go to SoFi, and it's going to be a home game. There's going to be more red jerseys out there than blue jerseys. This is a home game. I agree
5: with all of that that you just mentioned, but the difference here is the Rams' offense, see, this is all about the San Francisco defense. The fact that they held Green Bay to 10 points is the telling part of that game. Um, the fact that the Cowboys, even when they were trying to do game in the fourth quarter, just had to punt even when the game was on the line. Before that, that horrible last drive, the, the, the 49ers' defense was just relentless. Jimmy G tried to give the game to Dallas. The the San Francisco defense just wouldn't allow it. So I do see that, and understandably why people would question um, Stafford if he's that guy. This is his moment, but that's why they brought him here. But I believe the weapons that the Rams have is too much, and I believe that the defense that the Rams have is not going, they're going to expose Jimmy G. He's going to have to make throws he's not comfortable making, and I've I do believe at some point they're gonna Shanahan's not gonna be able to hide. I see
1: what you're saying, man, because Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller, those are some big time defensive players. And Jalen Ramsey in the secondary, I get it. But there's just something about this Niners team that is just ugly victories ahead, man. They just do something. It's Kittle just squirting out and getting wide open. It's Elijah Mitchell just coming out of nowhere and just squeaking through and getting first downs. They move the chains when they need to. They don't make a lot of mistakes. They don't have a lot of penalties. It's just so weird. It's like playing tennis against the wall. You know, the wall will always hit the ball back. And that's what the Niners are. It's just so crazy. And because they're going to have the crowd in their favor. Again, this game is in L.A. This is in L.A. The The, the Rams are trying to prevent Niner fans from taking over. By making this so that the zip codes can only be purchased for the tickets of this game in the LA area. But it's not gonna matter. Because I bet you if you polled LA people, they would much rather have the Niners win this game. It's so crazy. But man, Quinn Hudson, real fast, give me your score. I've got I'm I'm gonna go with the Rams twenty two San Francisco ten. I am going with the uh twenty seventeen Niners. I think they're both going to be upsets this week, and uh, I'm looking forward to whatever lunch you bring me. Barbecue stations down the street on Austin Highway, or I'm sorry, on <laughs> Harry Wurzbach, rather. But that is Quinn Hudson, co-host Wait, of the in Fantasy this double or
2: Nothing, don't you already owe him tacos?
1: No, I I uh, won uh, because I got the Bengals. Welcome back, yeah. baby. Yes, sir. Yeah, you did. But this, that was Quinn Hudson, man. Thanks for being on. Catch him on Sundays from, it's from uh, 11 to 1, correct? Fantasy Gods and uh, Sunday Sports Grill.
5: Yes, because we only preempted when the
1: Cowboys are playing it. Uh... <laughs> but that won't happen till next year. Thanks for being with us, Quinn. <laughs> when we Thanks, come guys. back, we're talking pop culture, maybe some guilty pleasures. And also, we're taking calls on the Kielbasa Bacon phone lines in a minute. We got David, stand by, baby. This is Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 94.5 FM.
3: This is Jerry Jones, and you're listening to the home of the Dallas Cowboys.
0: San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 94.5 FM.
1: Nice.
3: When it's over.
4: Time
1: I fall in love again. Welcome back to Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star. I wasn't going to try to hit that note, man. Halfway through, I thought, nope, not going to do that. But we're going to get nostalgic about Sugar Ray for some reason in a minute. But uh, we're going to go to the phone lines right now. The Kielbasa Bacon phone lines are open at 656 ESPN. Again, we talk sports, pop culture, and nostalgia here at Halftime. We go till 2 o'clock. David is online, too, wants to talk about Robert Ori, former Spurs great Robert Ori. What's going on, David?
6: Going on acquired taste. It's right. So that's me, baby. Half of the uh, see so you're on with half of the Saturday morning dream team, so
1: <laughs> you're ahead
6: of the game. Um, I did want to, you know, I was on a little bit, and I was hearing Quinn, and you were starting to swallow a little bit of that Kool Aid. I hope, uh, <laughs> um, hope pledge puts you back in line. You got to remember, <laughs> Houston has more wins in the playoffs than the Cowboys do in their existence. And secondly, come on, Mahomes is going to win the Super Bowl, the World Series, Major League Championship, soccer. That's all you got to worry about. The guy's just gold right now. I'd invest in Waterburger because he, he bought 32 <laughs> That's right. He
0: did.
1: Two he opened right took Whataburger over there.
6: Yeah. But my questions were, actually had two. I, I asked you the other day about Ori, but I had to uh, – I'm old, so I had to go into a doctor's appointment, and so I didn't get to hear your answer. If you answered, I'd hope you'd answer again if you can get some calls, too. But my two questions are, number one, is um, uh, is Burroughs really just Macaulay Calkin grown up, or is that just me? <laughs>
2: and
6: secondly... Uh, Is Robert Ory deserving of going into the Hall of Fame? And if he is, what uniform does he go in with?
1: Great question. So, man, thank you for calling in, uh, David. Here's the thing, man. Robert Ory is a polarizing figure in the NBA, right? Because... The ongoing story about whether or not you can tell whether or not someone belongs in the Hall of Fame is whether or not you can tell the story of the game with or without them. And I mentioned earlier this week about how Eli Manning may have been a 500 quarterback, but because he has two Super Bowl wins both against Brady, you have to consider him for the Hall of Fame, and he will be a Hall of Famer, same could be said for Super Bowl 3 with uh with uh, the the Jets and, you know, and and Joe Namath, you cannot tell the game without Joe Namath, right? And the thing about uh, Robert Ori is is that you know, he was never really a starter, but he he led teams to the titles. He led the Spurs to the title in 2005. He won rings with the Lakers, he won rings with the Rockets. If this guy was ever to get into the Hall of Fame, he would get in probably as a Rocket, I would think. But should he be in there? I don't think he should be voted in there, but pledge what if there was, like, a voting committee amongst veterans that would bring him on? I think if he got on that way, I'd be okay with it. Because, again, was it, seven rings?
2: Seven rings, and he was a starter in Houston. That's yeah. He was a core piece to that championship team. He was a core piece to every single team. And the 2005
1: title would never have happened in San Antonio. One of Duncan's rings, one of Parker's rings, one of Ginobili's and Pop's rings are because of one what Robbie and did. rings. Yeah. And it was beyond just a big shot or two. I mean, some of the I mean I mean, he did have big shots. One of the biggest shots he did was a hip check on Steve I was Nash.
0: Say,
1: his <laughs> biggest shot may not have actually been like something that went through the <laughs> I know forcing Suns players off the bench and they get suspended a game. I remember where I was when that happened. I was at Cornyval in Helotus when that happened, and they had a big screen and I saw it and I was like, oh my God. They're going to win because of that. No one was paying attention to the carnival or to the food or the activities there. We were all watching that game. But as far as uh, Joe Burrow, man, Joe Burrow is legit. There's something about him. Maybe maybe Macaulay Culkin would play him in a movie back in the day, but uh, Joe Burrow is, is a very cocky player. But he's a cocky and very brave player out there. Just because Mahomes is Mahomes, and we've seen what he's been able to do, and just because he's made back-to-back, to back AFC championship games, and just because he has a ring doesn't mean that he's infallible. He can lose games. We saw that last mm-hmm. year. They got killed by the Bucks. Now, the Bucs have a good defense, whereas the Bengals don't, but what I'm saying oh, is, is that we... Oh, revisionist
2: that? history. Let's back the train up a little bit and oh, why they got the, killed in the Super Bowl by the Why did they Bucks. get killed? He was missing four-fifths of his offensive line going into that game and then he lost two replacement starters during the game as well that had to come out. Irrelevant!
1: Irrelevant!
2: You can say it's irrelevant as you want, but he was running for his life. And the best thing about that game that I remember is, A, his receivers also not helping him out by dropping a lot of passes, including Mm -hmm. one that he threw 35 yards perpendicular to the ground (laughs) with no feet on, just wings it out, Hits Daryl Williams in the hands at the goal line, and he drops it.
1: Well, I mean, he has the ultimate weapon in Tyreek Hill. That dude is fast, man. You were showing me a photo earlier of him sending the peace sign to a defender.
2: Still in front of him. Yeah. <laughs> like, the amount
1: <laughs> of disrespect. <laughs> now, mind you, he had a blocker still to go, but... The blocker was behind him. <laughs> But, uh, you know, that guy's a cheat code right there. But, man, there's just something about Burrow. And I think the coming-out party was last week. The coming-out party has been this whole playoff run for the Bengals. We're looking at this team going, there's no way in the world that they're going to win. This is the Chiefs, right? This is Mahomes. This is Kelsey. This is Tyreek Hill. But, man, introduce yourself to a Jamar Chase. Fantasy football owners know who Jamar (laughs) Chase is. I do. But casual football fans don't know who he is. That stud from LSU from a couple of years ago, first-round pick. Mm-hmm. He was he was Burrow's number one target. He and Justin Jefferson. Can you believe
2: that? It was Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. And not just that. Think about who else he's got to throw the ball to. T. Higgins is a hell of a weapon. So is Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd, Chase Azuma. He's got Joe Mixon Azuma's behind good. him. Mixon, give him the ball 30 times.
1: They are not a team that's one-dimensional. They're not no. going to be just airing it out. They can
2: they can run the ball down your throat all day long. The and issue chew a is clock. the issue is it's the nine sacks. That that offensive line is about as bad as Patrick Mahomes was in the Super Bowl last year. Mm-hmm. That will come back and bite you at some point. I love the swag. I love his fortitude to be able to battle back from being hit as much as he was by Jeffrey Simmons and Harold Landry and everybody that w- the uh. Titans sent at him. But you got Clark and Ingram and Chris Jones. Like, they're going to get pressure. And Chris Jones is playing about as well as guess any what? interior defensive lineman Four right weeks now. ago,
1: they didn't get that pressure in there. Four weeks ago, Burrow threw for over 450 yards no against more? that team.
2: You so think they're it. still just going to man up on Chase? No safety help over the top this time? Oh, well, well fine. Then T. Higgins is going to go off. I mean, come on. I mean, and the thing is, though,
1: is that unlike the Cowboys, these stud quarterbacks and stud receivers that are there somehow still connect, even though they're being covered. They give them a chance by throwing them the ball. Okay, if you don't throw the ball in their direction, then they'll never catch it. Sounds like a dig at Dak and CD. Oh, it is. Complete (laughs) dig at them all. But, David, thank you for calling in. But, uh, you know, we we started the break, uh, started the segment, rather, with uh, Sugar Ray. We like talking pop culture here. Are you for or against Sugar Ray as a band 20 some odd years later?
2: Oh, I'm all in. I love me some sugar ray. I was going and they have one of the best named albums of all time. I know which one this is.
1: 1459. The best and the last. <laughs> they knew their 15 minutes of fame were up. I brought up Sugar Ray because I was going for a jog. You know I go for four, five, three, four, five, six, seven mile jogs. And when I go out there, I don't know how far I'm going to run. Sometimes I say I'm going to do 2 miles and it ends up being 3. But every once in a while I pledge, tell me about this man. When you work out, do you ever have a song that just comes on that you hadn't heard in a while and all of a sudden you just start moving. You start moving a little bit faster, a little bit stronger. So I'm running the other day and I'm at mile 2 and I'm thinking to myself, hey, "I'm just going to take it inside. It's been 20 minutes. Let me just take it inside." And Sugar Ray came on for some unknown reason on my, you know, on Pandora. And man, I started to get faster and faster and faster. And it's not like it's pump you up music. It's not like it's Eye of the Tiger or anything like that. For some reason, it just got me going. So I got on Spotify and I called up all these Sugar Ray songs. And before you knew it, I had ran four and a half miles. So Sugar Ray just kind of did it for me. And it's weird because I hadn't listened to them in like 10, 15, 20 years. And every morning comes on and I'm like, how do I still know the lyrics to this song?
2: Oh, that absolutely happens to me all the time in the gym. I hit something hits on my shuffle and it'll send me down a wormhole, but it like pumps me up too. like, I just get my workout extra. I wish I could like capture, put that in a bottle, bottle it up. Yeah. And just use it because there are some workouts where I'm like, I'm just not feeling it. You know, lifting weights.
1: Sometimes like the ballad of Mona Lisa will come on by panic of the disco. Great one. I don't know why I like lifting weights so much to that song. It is it's not a a workout song. How would you describe that song, Pledge? I mean, Ballad of Mona Lisa, it's it's neither a fast song nor a ballad. It's just it just has a nice groove to it. And I don't know, man, when it comes to the, the chorus, I get going, I start lifting stronger, I start lifting faster. Man, I love that song. Are
2: you looking that up, Pledge? Is that what you're doing? No, I'm just uh doing things. Oh,
1: Keep me company, baby. I am keeping you company. The weekend starts in 16 minutes, man. Keep me company. Nice. (laughs) Okay, imagine me working out to this song, lifting weights to this song.
2: Here's the thing, because I, because I'm all over the map musically, uh, Jonathan C. on our YouTube live, when Pledge played Supplies, I had to play it back when y'all went to break. (laughs)
1: Okay. Again, again, this it does not seem like a workout song, but when the chorus kicks in, I get revved up.
2: No, you can definitely get down to this in the gym. Wow. Yeah. See, that'll definitely get you going. It's, yeah. it's got the beat. It's got it the built lyrics. It builds up. It, like it it up. It starts off as a slow ballad, it feels like, but it gets there.
1: Yeah, but if you're singing along to this at Planet Fitness and you're like, Mona Lisa, it just, people are looking at you like, what are
2: you listening to? <laughs> the Mona months. Lisa. That's why you don't go to the big gyms <laughs> and throw it
1: <in> <laughs> Hey, how's your workouts going, man? Your pecs? I'm going to start next
2: week. Okay. So how long has it been? Uh, All, all month. It's been I haven't, a month? I haven't worked out since uh, I left for Houston. All right, man. We're going to talk about this when we come
1: back, because I want to know about Pledge, because Pledge hurt himself about a month ago, and Pledge has been really, really big about working out. We're going to put a bow on the show on the other side as well. This is Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 94.5 FM. This
0: is Joe Reinagle, Drive Home with Jason Minix and me, today at 4, ESPN 1250 and 94.5 FM.
1: Welcome back. It's halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN, AM 1250 and 94.5 FM on the go at com. Again, we're moving to 103.3 beginning on Tuesday, February 1st. Set the presets, baby. I'm getting uneasy, man. I'm getting uneasy because the NBA All-Star Reserves are going to be announced February 3rd. And it's the coaches that pick the reserves. Mm-hmm. And I'm taking a look at it, and I'm getting uneasy, because I want DeJounte in there, right? I want DeJounte there. I think that they got it right when it came to the two starting guards coming from the Western Conference. Okay. Okay, John Morant, Steph Curry.
2: Boom. Boom.
1: Done, right? So, 12-man roster, you would think that they might have six in the front court, six in the back court. Makes sense? Okay, seven five five seven. Well, you have to understand the front court is three positions, right? Mm -hmm. It's power forward, small forward, and center. So Mm -hmm. it might be seven and five. So I'm taking a look at the media rankings of these players. Okay, what do you think? Three
2: more guards, four. Let's say four at the most, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. And it's getting it's oh man. So Luca, the media had Chris Paul ranked as third. Mm -hmm. Chris Paul going to make it? I mean, they have a great record, right? They do. Fourth, Devin Booker. I mean, his teammate there in in Phoenix. So,
2: third's Luca. Fourth,
1: no, third is Chris Paul. Okay, so Paul Booker. Fourth is, is Booker. Fifth, according to the media vote, was a tie between Dejounte Murray and Donovan Mitchell. Where's no, Luka Doncic? In they this? had they had Luka Doncic at seventh, even though he's averaging twenty five
2: points, nine rebounds, and nine assists. So you really think the, that a coach is going to be like, no, I don't want to look on my team? I know. <laughs> I think what ends up happening is, and this might be weird, what
1: did they tell Chris Paul to go kick rocks? Okay. Because, again, he did not deserve to be there last year. He didn't. He didn't have the stats. He was averaging like 15 or 16 points a game last time. They brought him in there. They thought that that was like a career achievement
2: award for him
1: to be on that all-star you know, team. all-star
2: games are career achievement awards a well yes
1: uh, well and and that's what they did because devin booker deserved to be there last year and he wasn't so i think booker gets in this time but i think chris paul even though he may be one of the lead leaguers in assists mm-hmm. might get the boot or am i just looking at this the wrong way like the only way that they're going to get in is if either
2: injuries or somebody pulls out
1: yeah But again, in the front court, when it comes to the front court, there aren't that many people in it. That's why that whole thing involving Andrew Wiggins is a big deal, because they could have said, well, you know what, we'll get one more guy from the backcourt out there, right? Because it's not like like they feel teams like a Western Conference versus Eastern Conference anymore. You know, it's now done where, you know, where LeBron is going to pick for the East and, and, Le- and or I mean for the West rather, and you're going to have uh, Durant or somebody on 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 the East. The issue they're, they're picking
2: teams, they're picking The sides. issue becomes with guys like whether it's Wiggins or LeBron or Kevin Durant. Even a lot of these Fords that are picked for the front court mm-hmm. can also play in the back court. Well, let's run through and some. A names. lot of the guards cannot switch from backcourt to frontcourt
1: let's run through some of these names tell me if they're deserving of an all-star nod mm-hmm. okay so we have lebron nikola Jokic, and andrew wiggins yep. all as the starters right
2: and i'm not even mad at wiggins wiggins is having a career year he is but he's also
1: missed games draymond green i mean if wiggins is there why would you have draymond green there they, they're they the same player paul george again excellent player but it's not like that it's not like they light it up either. But PG is going to be there. Rudy Gobert has to be there. That's a definite one. Carl Anthony Towns.
2: Eh, yeah.
1: I mean, not not worthy or unworthy, but uh, what I'm
2: saying is, is that it's questionable. Is it? Yeah. I what think other so. centers in the Western Conference would you want over Carl Anthony Towns outside of Jokic and well, Gobert? That,
1: that's it. Those are the, those three right there. Why do it have to be four centers?
2: Only 12 spots.
1: So we have as the centers being Jokic, Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm, that's it,
2: right? And that's basically it,
1: unless you want to say DeAndre Ayton. But
2: usually you bring a third. You know, like usually you've got at least three centers.
1: Now, the rankings, according to the media, by the way, was they had number one being Jokic and James uh, being tied there. Three, they had Rudy Gobert. So Gobert should be there. Uh, they had Draymond Green as four. Really? And they had Anthony e Towns as five. Mm-hmm. So if you went with those five
2: plus the starters, man, dude.
1: Isotian Murray in. might be boned on this, man. And, this is... But
2: you say that you act like this is a new thing. Well, no. What's what's Demar? What, DeMar past... wasn't
1: close. Everyone thinking that Demar was like was 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 like.
2: um, No, it's just the stockpile of guards in front of him, Michael. I'm under. I, I'm aware of why. He didn't get in, but his numbers said he was a borderline all-star, averaging twenty-three point seven assists is, and
1: five rebounds. He leads the league in steals. He's second in the West, I believe, second or third when it comes to assists. He leads guards in the West in rebounding. He averages nineteen points a game, nineteen nine nine and
2: two. Yes, that is. Go a, back over that, your that, that, list. That's, Tell me who's who he's getting in over. Good. Luka Doncic? Are you putting him in over Luka Doncic? You already told me earlier this year that you'd uh take Dejante Uh, uh, over uh, Ja Moran.
1: Yeah, then Jaw went (laughs) otherworldly in the last dude, Ja in the last month has taken a leap beyond a leap, beyond a leap. Like he was a good player. He was a borderline great player. And then over the last month has gone insane. You know
2: that, right? You know no, that he's... I'm very aware of what John Morant has been.
1: Yeah, but he is...
2: But no, but you... I'm aware he's taken it up a notch, but he has always been Yeah, he, he
1: brought the amp to 11 in this past month, man. That, that block he did, that two-handed block where both hands are above the square. Mm-hmm. Good grief, man. Can't believe it.
2: Golly. So who are you... Hey, answer my question. Who are you taking out for him?
1: CP3. I think it's CP3. But, uh, man, February 3rd, we're going to find out. Hopefully there's an injury there that allowed DeJounte to get there and make it definitively. But, uh, hey, we're coming back at 4 o'clock for the Blitz. Join Minix and Ryan Agle. This is Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star. Have a great weekend, everybody.